So you have your big idea and you want to sell it online, but now what? Do you have product market fit? Does anyone want to buy what you're selling? And what happens if they don't? More importantly, where do you start? This week on Commerce Tea, we're talking how to prove your concept using Shopify. Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Hey, Kelly. How can merchants leverage customer data to drive more revenue and increase retention? How can they create personalized experiences customers love? I recommend Octane AI, the leading buyer profile platform for Shopify and Shopify Plus merchants. How does it work? Octane AI features a shop quiz, Facebook Messenger and SMS, and opt-in tools. Using the shop quiz, merchants can get to know customers with interactive questions. From product recommenders to gift finders, you can learn about a customer's needs, preferences, pain points, and more. This information gets saved into buyer profiles, and you can sync your buyer profile data with your Facebook Messenger, SMS, email, and ad campaigns for personalized customer journeys. What kinds of returns can brands expect? Brands using the shop quiz have increased email signups by 16 times and driven a 28% increase in average order value. Facebook Messenger and SMS see 80 to 95% average open rates and drive up to a 20% increase in revenue. Better yet, Octane AI has plans for any size business and offers a 14-day free trial. Every plan gives you access to the shop quiz, Facebook Messenger, SMS, and opt-in tools. There are also plans available where Octane AI's experts will help you set up and optimize your tools for success. This sounds great. Where can merchants go to learn more? You can learn more, book a demo, or try it free at join.octaneai.com slash commerce tea. Again, that's join.octaneai.com slash commerce tea. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Rian. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Drinking from my glitter cup, you know, the regular, I know, regular Tuesday morning type stuff. What about you? I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly keeping it 100 always. I'm like, everything's fine. She's like, is it though? (laughs) (laughs) We made it past the first month of 2021, which feels like it was a very long month. Not as long as March 2020, which... Feels like it's still around, but, you know, we're into February now. So we have some new goals, I think, maybe. It is. It is. I This did feel like an exceptionally long month where I felt like I spun my wheels a lot and didn't quite get off the ground. And so I'm hoping that coming into February, things, uh, not saying a new month, it's kind of like, you know, people are like, well, now it's 2021, things are going to be different. Like, no, that's not how things work. But I am hoping that because of all the big changes that we saw and everything that happened in January, February will start to resume a shift to not normal, see, but... Don't say the new normal. An essence of normality. (laughs) (laughs) The LaCroix of normal. The LaCroix of normal. It sort of tastes like it, but does it? (laughs) It's like if normal was in the other room. Do you drink LaCroix? I do. What's your favorite flavor? Um, it was coconut for a while. Oh, okay. Um, I know you don't like that one. <laughs> Part Josh's of me, like, it reminds me of sunscreen, which is why I don't like it so much because I don't want to, like, drink sunscreen personally. Um, not really high on my list. I do like the raspberry cranberry one, though, and I like the watermelon. Okay. 
These are all valid opinions that I respect for you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I like Pomplemousse because its name is fancy. I like that one too. <laughs> That's not the only reason I like I like grapefruit flavored things. I do too. I like grapefruit in general. Like I there's – I just love grapefruit. I like a grapefruit tree outside. Yeah, you said you'd ship me some grapefruit and you still haven't. But then oh, again, you have an entire box of oh things. You God. can just – okay, use the grapefruit as like packing materials. What's I, the worst that can I happen? I have so much stuff to ship you. It's so absurd. And it's just like scattered around my office. Like I can see I can see it. It's going to be like the best delayed birthday slash Christmas <laughs> slash 2020 present ever. Um, so just so everyone knows, I when I was wrapping Christmaca presents, I opened a box. And oh my gosh, Kelly, I can't remember what it said, but I sent, I sent her a picture. And there's a note that says like, this will be late for your birthday. <laughs> and it came to my house and I never opened it. And so uh, Kelly got a Brightland sampler <laughs> that's still at my house. But I, I was, will get one eventually. Yeah, it's it's like in the mail. Uh, <laughs> wink. It's sort of in the mail. So I mean, but let's, speaking of just things to ship, what happened? Ah, what that was a good one. Uh, I did a good segue. What happens when you want to ship your concept, but you don't really know what to do? Well. Um, let's start with just trying to dive right in and start a store and then hope for the best. Uh, there are definitely scenarios where you're going to get traction and it's going to go great and you're going to have a very viable business and it's going to keep on growing and you're going to be a huge success and it's going to be awesome and everyone's going to have a great day. And then there's literally everybody else who (laughs) (laughs) probably won't be that lucky. Sorry, I'm not laughing at failure, but it's true. Like, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to be a, a little risky. Oh, yes. And a little, uh, I don't want to say crazy because I feel like crazy has a negative connotation. Yeah. Just a be l- open to failure. adaptation and be open to failure. Exactly. That's. I mean, that's part of entrepreneurship. It's, it's a lot of failure. It's a lot of trying and failing and the trying again. And that's why it's so important to be proving a proof of concept before just jumping right into starting your business. And I know it's really exciting to like open up your store and be like, all right, buy my stuff. Um, but I often see a lot of people forget to, I don't know, make a business plan. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it, it's like, you know, because everyone can open a store on Shopify, it, it's important to remember that when you open, here I'm, I'm getting on my SEO soapbox for a moment. When you open a store on Shopify, it's like opening a store in the middle of nowhere with absolutely no roads to your store. And you have to build that network to your store. Otherwise, you've just opened a store in the middle of nowhere and nobody is coming. Except for like some stragglers maybe. Yeah, exactly. You can get lucky with those people, but very rare luck. And, exactly. and, and, and yeah, you're right. A business like people don't don't make a business plan. They don't, and people don't know what it inc- what you need to include in a business plan either. Which that could be a whole. Episode, I was gonna say. So. I was gonna say writing down a business plan episode. Yeah. Because And then how to revisit that business plan quarterly and annually? Oh man, okay. we can totally make an episode. Out of hey, this. hey, hey! Look, y'all, we're building content while we're building content. Oh meta! <laughs> it's so meta. Okay. But let's let's talk about actually, you know, taking this proof of concept to market. What's the first thing that you should do? First thing you should do. 
in my opinion, you should check search volume. But that's, <laughs> I'm totally biased. That's like, that's like, well, the first thing I would do is buy a domain and then maybe consider building a business around the domain I just purchased. Hence, my book start freelancing today because the domain was available. <laughs> um, but no, my answer is actually going to be, you should probably have some goals in mind first. Yes, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. And the goal should be getting found on, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You know what? If your goal is to get found on Google, then by all means, make that yeah. one of your goals. Yeah. But I mean, what what is it you're trying to prove here? Like, what? Uh, why are you building this store? Um, what are you want, solving? What are you solving for? Yeah. Usually, a product, especially being sold on Shopify, is going to be solving some sort of problem that your competitor is not addressing, or maybe it's a, a, a you know, you're kind of splitting into a, like a new subset of the mar- of a market that already exists. And again, you still need to prove this concept to, you know, to see if it's actually going to be viable. And I think a lot of people get lost at exactly that step. Yeah. And do you think it's because they haven't done enough research? Usually that's the case, or they're not doing the right research. So what 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 is the right research? Do you go straight to competitors or do you say like I have I have a subscription to Bippy which is eco-friendly toilet paper and I, I got it during the beginning of the pandemic because I was like I don't want to go to a grocery store and I do want toilet paper. So now we have a subscription and it's really cute. But it's like, you know, if I'm putting myself in in her brain for a second and I can't speak for her at all, she was solving a problem in the market or solving a challenge in the market and she wanted to build assumedly, a sustainable toilet paper. And then you've got to see what else, who else has built it, right? Yeah. And so, learn more about toilet paper. Like there's so pulling, much to do. Yeah, we're going to pull some some marketing basics uh, terminology out here. You should perform a situation analysis. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Rian recently enrolled in the Quantic Executive MBA program, and I am waiting to find out if I got accepted, um, which I will know this month. And so we had to do some um, introductory courses to make sure that the the way the lessons are taught actually aligns with how we like to learn. And I'm just pulling from my notes from that. <laughs> I love that, though. I love that. So yes, I I am starting an EMBA program and I'm very excited about it. But one of the things that we talk about besides situation analysis or that I've learned so far, and it's something that I know, right? It's something that I know, but it's something that the program made me think more about was product market fit. Like, are you building a product that fits into a market? Does anybody care what you're building? Or is it a in space, no one can hear you scream situation? Yes. Um, and so this, you know, you're you're looking at how you would be positioning yourself in that market. So who are your target customers and what are their unmet needs? Why are you creating the product that's going to um, address those needs? What what alternatives already exist in the market? Um, again, like taking the example of Bippy, I can buy toilet paper from, you know, my local grocery store. But how how does it vary compared to what Bippy is offering? And why is Bippy better than the alternatives out there? Right. Why Bippy? Why Bippy? So these are the kinds of things you really need to be thinking about up front. And really establishing some goals around how you're going to measure 
whether you actually landed the product market fit. And this is, of course, to a level going to be in terms of, you know, your sales, your early sales. Um, if you're crowdfunding, how many people are are um, backing your product, whether it's on Kickstarter or, or you're actually doing it through Shopify. Uh, and there are a number of me- ways that you can measure this, but it's just important to actually take the step to set some uh, measurable goals to make sure this is actually going to be a feasible product. Yeah, of course, your to- product is another or no product, your profit is another piece of this. Yeah. And, and how to validate that you actually have a product that people want to buy. Exactly. And, and I think that's just something I recently, uh, somebody launched a store and they're selling a face product for like $400. Okay. A face it, product. A face, like a face oil situation. Okay. And I just, part of me is like, that's just a lot of money to spend. What is the market? Who is your demo? And no, I'm not saying there's not a luxury demo. There absolutely is a group of people who will spend $400 on a face face product. Mm -hmm. But how do you build that trust once you have the product when you're brand new to market and you're selling D2C? You know, it's like there's a lot to unpack in that. And it's just something to be aware of when you're building this and you're like, obviously people are going to want this. Just make sure that it's not a you're telling yourself, obviously, that people want it and you're checking that the people that you think will want it will want it. And and survey people. Talk to people. Talk to people. Talk, Talk to, to more than just your friends and family. Yes, because they will sometimes just be nice. Yep. Sometimes. <laughs> Most of the time, they're just going to be nice. They're like, oh, yeah, I would totally buy that. Great idea. And they have absolutely zero intention of ever actually supporting you financially. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so you have some goals, you're building your store, you're choosing a theme. Yes. What if you don't have a real product and you just have like a mocked product? It's sort of, sort of like a prototype? Like a like prototype a- or even if you're like POD, print on demand or any – or dropship or any of those type of uh, – where you don't have to hold any physical inventory, which honestly are the easiest to experiment on because – the, oh, the latter sure. two because you don't there's like no financial investment up front yeah so what is your question so my question is what theme do you use so if i am testing a proof of concept for a single product i really like the launch theme okay. um it, it's it's kind of built like like a kickstarter campaign hence the name um it's 180 and it comes from pixel union okay I think it was. I think it's a really great option for for just getting started. And, and it's not only just for single like single product stores. Um, it's optimized for single product stores. But if you have like six variations of the same product or whatever, then that's also still totally feasible with this theme. It's not like it's limited to just one product. And I guess um, outside of that, I mean, if you're doing like dropship or print on demand, you can have any number of products on your store. So you're not limited by the theme. And then it just becomes you know what is it you're looking for in a theme like. What what do you want it to do? Um, I'm personally a big fan about it, Sandbox. Mm-hmm. And so I really like Turbo from them. I really like Flex. Um, they are the priciest themes that I know of, but they're well-built themes. Yeah, so. kinda, yeah you kind of get what you pay for, right? Exactly. It's like a tattoo. If you pay $100, you get a $100 tattoo. What are you saying <laughs> about my $75 tattoo? <laughs> it was too inexpensive. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the, I, I think when I think of a theme as well, I will say out of the free themes, I like 
Brooklyn narrative. Yeah, that, that that's it. That's it. I like debut. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I do like debut. It, debut basically does anything you want it to do if it's very basic. And those are just the free ones. And sometimes it's nice to, especially if you don't, you know, you're bootstrapped, you're doing this yourself, you can't afford a developer. I get it. We've been there. Uh, maybe it might be fun to play around and just do some stuff on a free theme before you sit there, especially if you want to customize things and you don't know what you're doing because there's tons of tutorials online. So you can do some amount of customization, nothing bonkers, but you can do some amount of customization and it might be good to learn it on a free theme before you, you know, spend uh, me. Go ahead and spend $180. (laughs) I mean, it's also worth, it, it can be worth it. It just depends on your financial position. Yeah. Like I really like the flex theme. That's like almost $500. Yeah, it's. I think it's. I think it's four hundred fifty. Four. Okay, so you've got a theme. You're building. What are the the things that are must haves in your opinion, Kelly? If people are listening and they're like, "I want to prove this concept," what are the must have things that you should have on your store? Uh, an about page, an FAQs page. I, you know me. A slide up. Um, <laughs> Not necessary, especially if you're a one product store. Um, these are the kinds of things that do add to the experience of the store. But if you're testing a proof of concept, it's a it's like a frill. It's not necessary. Um, focus on your story. Focus on your message. Focus on educating the, the the customer, your potential customer, on who you are, what you're selling, and why they should buy from you when you're still testing this proof of concept. Now. It's going to be representing itself differently if you're kind of, you know, testing a uh, a prototype where it's not actually ready to ship. Because now you're asking for them to trust that the product's actually going to be what they want when you can't, you don't have any examples in the real world or people who you can kind of go to as a testimonial. So you're going to have to get really specific about what it is that the product is going to do that is going to solve a certain problem. You're going to, I I recommend having some very clearly written out terms in terms of like, uh, what is your returns policy? When is this item going to ship? And what if it doesn't work out? Because again, it is a prototype. It's something that you've never actually sold before. And people want to know that they can get their money back if they end up not liking it. Yeah. Now, I will say not everybody has the luxury of being able to give you your money back. Especially if um, sometimes it's just like a one-time, like let's say um, you're selling um, underwear or sanitary mm-hmm. pads, you're probably not going to be returning those. So for health reasons, uh, <laughs> just to make that clear. For health and legal reasons, you probably so, shouldn't accept returns. Or if you do yeah. accept a return, be like, keep it, here's your money back. Exactly. So just make sure you have those policies written out. Yes. And be very clear about them. What else do you have on your, on your website? What do you think? Well, you definitely need the alt text. <laughs> and you definitely need meta descriptions. And you definitely need title tags. And you definitely just need compelling copy. Like if you, if I've seen so many stores launch with a good product and they're like, Rian, why aren't we getting traffic? And you go to their store and you're like, A, it's hard to navigate. Like, yeah, your product's rad, but A, it's hard to navigate. B, when I do navigate to it, there's nothing on your product description page that makes me say, oh, yeah, I totally want to buy this. And and, and there's nothing on the product description page that anchors any type of keywords for Google to find you. So even if you're paying for traffic, and what I mean is, is placing or buying ads, at some point, if you don't do the right things 
A, your product description pay or your product won't convert, but B, in the long run, no one will ever find you on Google. So you're just yep. throwing money and then your cost of acquisition is through the roof. And it probably already is going to be getting <laughs> started. So, I mean, I'm not speaking from experience or being really bad at ads, but. Oh, my God. That sounded so exhausted. Just, yeah, <laughs> your cost of acquisition. Cost of acquisition is hard. It's a tough nut to crack and to get it as low as possible. It is. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've talked about which theme to use. We've talked about some content or, or what your store should have. So I think the next piece in this puzzle is what apps should you install from day one? Well, I'm totally biased. <laughs> I really think SEO manager is a very good app to install on day one. Uh, but also I do. Because I mean, it's actually a really great app. So, uh, but uh, in part because there's structured data, like there's a lot of a lot of things that are not native to Shopify themes, and structured data is one of them to, for most Shopify themes. If you don't have structured data, basically you haven't formatted the information on your store in a way that Google finds readable, for whatever reason. I don't make the rules; Google makes the rules. I just comply with Google's rules. <laughs> so. The other apps that I really like are, let's start with email. So email marketing. Um, I mean, at least start collecting those email addresses and send them uh, like a welcome email and then be able to have some kind of way to communicate with them when you're running to get feedback from your customers or potential customers because you're testing a proof of concept. And again, this is something that's very important to do is talk to your potential customers. So you have some options. Um, you can go, you know, super basic and just use Shopify email, or you can kind of jump right into using something like Klaviyo. Do you know I off mean, the top of your head how much Shopify email costs? Uh, it was free for a while. Um, it was. I wonder if it's still free. I'm it just is, wondering okay. what the delta is between Klaviyo and, and Shopify, and is it best to just go straight to Klaviyo, set it up right, do it once, do it right? Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're just getting started, um, it looks like Shopify emails free for the first twenty five hundred emails per month, okay. and then after that, it's a dollar for every thousand emails you send. So honestly, when you're testing a proof of concept, unless you're like funneling a ton of money into marketing and Facebook ads and getting people to sign up for your newsletter, you're not going to hit that threshold. No. And again, we're we're not talking about you know diving into sending marketing emails. We're talking about using this email marketing platform, this ESP, as a way to communicate with your your potential customers and, and people who actually place an order to get feedback from them. Yeah. And remember, you can always switch email platforms later. Right. So my vote for would be, again, starting basic, do something like Shopify email. What about reviews app? I'd go Shopify reviews first because it's free. So this is all like, hey, free See, apps. That's actually where I disagree. Fair, fair. Um, because there's a lot you can't do with a shop, the free Shopify reviews app. I would start with judge.me. And honestly, they have a free plan that you can start with. But you can always upgrade to their very expensive $15 a month plan. <laughs> the fancy that's plan. Where they, the fancy plan. That's where they literally max out at. Um, and, and get all, you know, get the, all the full suite of features that they offer. But it's a, I feel like it's an easier growth option because then you're not having to migrate platforms as well. 
and then you know migrating all your reviews after you start getting reviews and you definitely want to make sure you have like the automated review request emails enabled um especially if you have products that are immediately shipping okay so we've talked email reviews seo what else oh i have a good one um if you're looking to do a like a kickstarter kind of campaign um i think it's crowdfunder is the app yes uh the app is called crowdfunder it's um actually built by our friends at EtherCycle. um kurt was on our podcast some some time ago last year and he his his uh, consultancy is what built this app um a really really great opportunity to you know own the whole customer experience and run a Kickstarter-esque campaign on Shopify instead of actually building on top of Kickstarter or Indiegogo or something like that. I also think it might be worth using Octane here, especially because you're still in that gathering data about your customer phase and they have the shop quiz available in their starter plan. They do. You're right. So I think that would be a really valuable thing, especially if you're still trying to figure out exact. You're like, I know I have product market fit, but I still don't quite know exactly where my product fits in the market. Like what demo is buying me? Or or are people kind of looking for something like my product, but maybe just a little bit adjacent to it? And with the quiz, the shop quiz from Octane, you really are able to get that data that you can make actionable change on and get some insights. That is a great idea. Also, shout out to our sponsor, Octane AI. Yeah. (laughs) But I said that for free because I really think you should do it because I just feel like so many people just don't know enough about their customers. Yeah. Now – um, let's talk about, okay, the one last one I would maybe include if it's not built into your theme is some kind of app that gives you an Instagram feed because it just, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just bridges your, your content. So it pulls your Instagram, um, content over to your store. Um, these apps, I mean, Instafeed is, I think, a, I think that's still an app. <laughs> I haven't installed one in a while. I know oh, everything I don't normally see right now is custom. Yes, Instafeed is still an app. Okay. Um, and then the other one that I've used somewhat recently is oh, there's Covet Picks is another one. It's just Instagram feed plus photo gallery on the Shopify app store. And then there's one that was I cannot find it in here. It was like a uh, a Shopify or like an Insta feed section, Instagram section app. I don't know. I'll, I'm butchering the name. I will find it eventually, but. There are a lot of Instagram feeds in the- Oh, section feed. That's what it's called. <laughs> it's free. So it, it does the trick. And I am a really big fan of free apps when you're just getting started. Um, now let's talk about some apps that you should not worry about when you're just getting started. For example, <laughs> if you are... <laughs> Whenever Kelly takes a deep breath before something, I'm always like, okay, here we go. Hill to die on. I don't think it's that hilly, but it's maybe just like a like a little mound, um, a molehill, <laughs> like a molehill. Um, for example, uh, a loyalty program. Mm. If you're testing a proof of concept, you don't need to get people, you know, signed up for a, a loyalty program and you know, convincing them to like do affiliate stuff. It's just it's not it's not worth it. Yeah, loyalty referrals. It's just pointless. Yeah. At that stage. 
Um, I would also say, and this might be uh, a spicy take. Um, I don't know if I would bother with any of the page builder apps because, again, I agree. work within the theme that you're doing. You're testing a proof of concept. Don't unless you have the financial backing to pay for these extra apps, like, um, like Builder.io or Shogun, then give it for the like the, the immediate moment yeah, you can always add those in later time for that later the time is not now yeah um i wonder if and then just like in terms of oh add live chat to your store i forgot about that one like something like tidio that's free you don't need anything super expensive super fancy but it's a way to communicate with your customers immediately and it turns into like a – we'll email you back if you're, you know, not manning it at the time. So I feel like that's an easy an easy one. Um, another app I would not add – I feel like I'm going way out of order here. But I'm just well, – There is no order. There is no order. Exactly. A wish list app. Skip it. Oh, God. Yeah. Skip that. I see so many people put wish lists on their site when nobody's ever going to use them. You know what you should definitely skip? And this is a hill I will die on. I don't know what it's called anymore, but the wheel app. Oh, yes. I don't Wait, know if it's so called like Wheelio anymore. I don't know if it is either. But spin we all, I still see it everywhere. Wheel. Like the spin to win pop up that slides from the side or like is it the interstitial from there? Please just don't do it. There are a bunch of them. Um, here's the thing. Whether you are testing a proof of concept or you're a business that's been in, you know, on Shopify for seven years now. Don't install that app. Mm-mm. There's there are other so options. many spin the wheel apps. There are like for, <sighs> there are two pages of them. I'm so angry about this. Yeah, if you want to gather, you know, we all know I have some really strong thoughts about pop ups. But that being <laughs> said, there are ways to do it that are effective. If you want to gather information, yes. Oh, okay. Um, Privy is actually a really great a, a great thing to use for yeah. collecting that information. Or just Uno. Or just Uno or Clavio even. Just use one of their pop-ups. So definitely some options that are not spin the wheels. Just make sure it's timed five to ten seconds after. And it's also not wall-to-wall on mobile. Otherwise, Google will downrank you. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> TED Talk. I would, <laughs> I, would, I would attend that one again. Okay. So we have a bunch of apps for you, which I believe I will be linking in the show notes so you can go back and look at I'm look I'm listing the apps that we actually recommend, not the ones that we don't recommend. So you can do your own research on the <laughs> ones that we don't recommend. There's a reason why I'm not. Um okay. Let's talk about accepting pre-orders. So let's say you have a prototype but you don't actually have a product ready to sell. What is your take on a selling or on on doing pre-orders through Shopify? I think it's good. I do think you're running you're just make sure you're not being sketchy. Talk to an attorney. Talk to an attorney. We are not attorneys. <laughs> I it, I think whenever I do a pre-order and it's very much a mocked product and I can see it's a mocked product. I'm like, okay, they're probably using my money to make the product. That's okay. But make sure you set really realistic shipping expectations if especially now because there's a lot of supply chain supply chain disruption. So oh, I yeah. don't mind the uh, ex- exception. <laughs> I don't mind accepting pre-orders uh, and that's something that uh, Birch and Bone does a lot and they're they're a f- she's a florist uh, out of Los Angeles, a floral designer, and she accepts pre-orders all the time cuz she's like, you know, booking for Valentine's Day. 
Yeah. So it's that it's that, all about communicating. Yeah. And having that clear messaging on your on your site. Yeah. And it's like, this is not for today. This is for in three weeks or two weeks or whenever Valentine's Day is. I also want to make it very, very clear that um, there is a, if you're not authorizing the payments up front, if you're manually authorizing those payments once they, the order comes in, you have 14 days and then the, the authorization expires. So if you're pre-ordering, I would accept that payments now. And then yeah. if, you, if for whatever reason something happens, you can always refund. But you can't go back to that customer and be like, well, um, I, Sorry about I, it. I need that money again. Yeah, that's not a great user experience. And especially in this early, it's always important to give great customer experiences. But in this early stage, oh my word, like you need to sparkle in your customer experiences. Yeah. It's very, very important for sure. So what about crowdfunding? I know we talked about... uh Kurt's crowdfunding app. What do you think of crowdfunding as a as a practice? Is it a good way to validate your product? Is it risky business? Is it? I think all there's always things? it's all the things. Um, there's always you know some level of risk that comes with crowdfunding. Um, risk on your end and risk on the customer. Absolutely, there's risk on the customer's end because they're buying into a product they've never seen before. They never they they they're basing it off of a landing page essentially. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some inherent risk there, but that's how crowdfunding works. Yeah. I don't think that's new news to anyone at this point. Yeah. I feel like maybe five years ago, it would be a much harder sell. Yeah. But it's just kind of become the norm of raising money to do something. So. Absolutely. Well, you have the product. People have bought it. You're going to have to ship it. There's some challenges with shipping. There's some logistical challenges. There's like a bunch of rules that I don't fully understand. There are shipping apps and there are some native features built into Shopify. Mm-hmm. What is, and maybe Kelly, this is a direct, what are your biggest takeaways from shipping physical goods? Always list how long shipping is going to take and overestimate it for one thing. Second, you're going to be receiving emails from people being like, hey, you said my order would arrive on an X date and it hasn't arrived yet. What's going on? And then you have to be like, well, you know, there's this thing called the pandemic. And okay, that's very specific. <laughs> um, but but it's no, specific I mean, for the next like year or so. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be an issue for, for a while longer. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's just important to clearly as with anything you run with running your business, clearly communicate what's happening in across the board in terms of anything that you're doing clearly communicate your shipping terms clearly communicate how you're shipping um and i mean you could use if you're like drop shipping or if you're doing something like print on demand through printful i definitely recommend paying the extra i think it's 20 dollars a month for uh having carrier calculated shipping rates on enabled on your store and using the advanced shipping rules app to automatically calculate how much shipping is going to cost which is based on what let's say printful says it's going to cost you can mark it up if you want but it's a very 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 useful app i think also some thought should be given to how you're going to ship it ahead of time how much your packaging materials are going to cost if you have a perishable good do you put like a little hot thing or a little cold thing inside of it to make sure it gets there 
Uh, do you want a, a cool unboxing experience? Do you not care? I, there's a lot in the shipping process. And then also, let's say you're piloting in North America. And let's just say the United States. Make sure you are fully aware of how much it costs to ship internationally. Because it's never not surprising to me to ship something internationally. Especially I'm like, when $100? What? Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it comes to customs and you don't realize that there's extra money that people are going to have to pay to receive their package. And this is why I, when you're testing a proof of concept, um, I recommend starting with the country in which you're living in um, because you're also going to have to manage paying taxes in different countries once you hit their version of what is called nexus here. Um, being that you've hit a certain uh, dollar amount, like threshold, and you have to start paying taxes in that state, or you have employees based in that state. Um, it's completely different from country to country. And you like you'd have to register your business with the European Union and various like individual countries that are not part of the EU. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So not to scare you away from shipping internationally by any means. Do your homework. Do your research before jumping into it. Um, speaking from experience, uh, there are also apps that help you with the tax side of things that are definitely worth mentioning. Um, things like uh, TaxJar is a is a good option. Um, Quaderno is another one um, that is helpful for international. Uh, if you do go the, the international route, it, it helps keep track of when you are going to hit certain uh, shipping thresholds. They do... Uh, uh, States as well, like in the U.S. too. So you kind of cover both both things there. These are these are not cheap services though. So again, start with basics before expanding out. Yes, absolutely. So as Kelly mentioned earlier, sometimes during the shipping process, customers will get frustrated and reach out to you. Sometimes I mean often. How do you support those customers? And I mentioned it earlier, if you don't give great customer experience out the gates, people will remember it and they will never come back. And they'll also talk about you on the internet and it'll be a whole thing. It will be a whole thing. Um, here's a really great opportunity to try out Gorgeous for a customer service. They actually have, I don't know what their, their plan starts at. I'm going to Google it as I'm actively speaking about this stuff. So their pricing starts at, okay, it's not cheap. It starts at 60 a month. Um, so that could be a little pricey for just kind of just getting started. <laughs> you know what? Here's a really easy basic one. Create an email address with your domain. Yes. And respond to emails there. Hey. Ta-da. Done. Um, like, make sure you have a contact form on your website. Um, that's why, the, you know, this is another opportunity to use live chat without spending that extra money. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And then through support, you can gather feedback. Yes. Through Octane AI, you can gather feedback. What are some other ways to gather feedback? I was just going to say email your customers. So. Yeah. You know what we do every time someone uninstalls our app? We have an email that says, hey, like, thanks for using us. Sorry, we weren't a good fit. Can you give us any feedback as to why we weren't a good fit? Those emails make me laugh because everyone has a different approach to them. Um, so sidebar, I just shut down my Shopify store. So I just uninstalled all the apps that were costing money. And 
And I got a lot of those emails. And some of them are like, like you explained, like super nice, just like, you know, sorry, it didn't work out. We would love any kind of feedback. I got one where the, the, the subject line was, why did you uninstall my app? Shut up. No. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's so aggressive. That's so yikes. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You can't so, see me, but I have, my, I have my my hands on my face. I'm so like mortified. Don't do that, y'all. Don't do that. I was I I almost sent an email to the app company, being like, "Look, try hard, try this something else. It. This ain't it. <laughs> this is not it." But yeah, email your customers after they. And this kind of, I guess, goes back into the review part, right? It's like once you're gathering the review and if they give you good feedback, you're like, hey, can you, do you mind leaving that as a review on the product? If not, that's fine too. Yeah, exactly. Or but, can I use you know, this as a testimonial? Um, I have another one. What's that? Install Hotjar on your okay. website. Um, there is a free plan. I think you get access to surveys on a free plan. Um, you can actually ask for feedback right on the website as your customers are shopping. And you might see this kind of thing on like net promoter scores or like, is this article useful or something like that? But um, what I recommend is when you're viewing the product page and they're, you know, about to bounce, ask them, you know, what's, what prevented you from placing an order today? I like that. And I- people respond to it. Yeah. Especially when it's like a super easy question. You can even add a checkbox on there if you want to be like, um, uh, like, I'm open to having a follow-up conversation via email or something like that. So you can get more information from the customer, but it's totally optional. So your customer is not having to give any personal information if they don't want to. I like that. I like that a lot. And especially because sometimes I feel like, I, like I'll click into an ad. Someone's obviously said ad, you know, ad dollars there. I'll click in. I will have, I will, at this point, I'm a buyer, right? And then I get to check out. There is no shop pay. There is no Apple. This is assuming I'm on mobile, which I probably am. There is no shop pay. There is no Apple pay. And I'm like, I am not getting up to find my wallet, uh, which is somewhere in the house because I don't leave my house to do this. And how many sales do you lose if you don't have fast checkout enabled? Okay. Um, Rian did not know this, but this, uh, this, uh, episode gets published on a Tuesday. Um, I publish a newsletter every single Wednesday that goes out at 10 a.m. on Wednesday morning. That's literally what I'm talking about this week. Are you? Yeah. I wrote a whole thing about, about why you need to be offering more than just credit card payments on, on your site. Yes. Fully co-signed. I didn't know that. But yes, I agree with you. <laughs> I love when I love when the stars align. I'm like, oh, I can be professional about my newsletter. Um, should I use a business term that I don't like? energy no <laughs> you take that back i can't say it back <laughs> take it back i was just trying to i was trying to do it in my head i'm like i don't know how to say that backwards just a lot of words or a lot of letters <laughs> i i'm glad you did not try it's okay um no i think i think that's a good place to end things so we went well, on an absolutely terrible word that i hate uh, <laughs> <laughs> me just shutting down the conversation was a terrible word okay but let's do our store short our store short store short arts. let's do our store shout outs for the week because yes. and this week they're both food themed yep unintentionally but they're both great they're both great okay kelly what's yours so mine is our place 
um, the website from ourplace.com. I ordered a pan uh, around Christmas time and it came in early January, I believe. I finally used it for the first time and I am in love with it. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I, I like cooking. I'm a pretty decent cook as well, but I like to believe that it made my food that much better. Also, the site's beautiful. Also, this is a really great example of a site of like how to do, how to market a product that's in very high demand. Yes. What color did you get? I got the green sage. Ooh, nice. It's very pretty. I have Highly a pink one. Dusty pink. Aww. I don't know what the, the actual title of it is, but that's that's what I'm calling it. I like it. All right. So that's mine. What's yours? Mine is Fly by Jing. And it's food. What's well, not food? It's like condiments? Accessories yeah. to food? I don't know what that would be considered. A food accessory? I am enjoying this on basically everything. It's there's like a beautiful um, zhang sauce. It's like sweet and spicy and umami. There's the chili crisp and it's it's spicy. You can throw it on ice cream though and like really twist it up. There's a a a spice mix uh, that's like more of a dry rub situation. I'm just okay. A the product is yummy in my tummy, but B. The website is rad. The branding is so fun. It's so much fun. It's a brand you're like, yeah, I can have this out on my counter in my kitchen. Yeah. So I I love it. Uh, they're a bootstrap company, which is awesome. Big fan. Big fan. I'm a, I'm just a big fan of the the company overall, and y'all should check it out. And and the store, it it's it is the opposite of blanding, which is something we see a lot in DTC. Yeah, direct to consumer. It is literally the opposite. It slaps you in the face with color, and it's I so like it a fun. lot. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who built it, but they did a good job. I just ordered their triple threat last week. Oh, that's what I have. I'm very excited to get it. Oh my gosh! I just opened up the uh, their source code, and they have a Garfield. <laughs> I was going to comment on that and decided not to actually say it out loud. Oh, it's <laughs> cute! It's cute. <laughs> okay. So that wraps up our journey through uh, testing a proof of concept on Shopify. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews make us really happy. Um, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to our sponsors for supporting this episode. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, you can reach out to us at hello at commerce.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, We do have a YouTube channel that I promise we're going to get back to actually recording YouTube videos. It just kind of requires me to actually like wash my hair. So I haven't done that in a while. Uh, That's at youtube.com slash commerce tea. And you can subscribe to commerce tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Tuesday. So grab your mug and join us then. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Clocked in is a time clock for Shopify. With clocked in, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify app store.